Unleash the most powerful Pixel ever on the network chosen by Google, Verizon. Pixel 3 has more than just any camera. It takes group selfies. Wow. Snaps in portrait mode. Oh my goodness. And helps you always pick the perfect moment with Top Shot. Wow. Which automatically recommends the best picks where no one is blinking and everything looks just right. And the Pixel 3 also has the power of Google Lens, which means you can search what you see. That is amazing. And when you get the Pixel 3 of Verizon, it comes with America's Best Network. Visit your local Verizon store today or learn more at vzw.com. And now, GM Street. Welcome to GM Street, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. It is Friday. It is October 19th. And this weekend, it is week seven in the NFL. We are one week away from the trade deadline. And on the line right now, I am joined by Mr. Michael Lombardi. Lombardi, how you doing? I couldn't be better, Tate Frazier. It's just been unbelievable. I went out to Arizona. I got to see Devin Booker play basketball. I mean, that's a high-level guy now. I can tell you that. I'm not, a, I'm not a professional basketball scout, but that's a high-level guy. It's funny, you know, how people's paths cross. Belichick and I were on a scouting trip uh, after we won the Super Bowl. So we went to Auburn, and we were going to spend a night in Atlanta, and we decided, nah, to hell with it. We'll go on to... Uh, to Athens, and we tried to get a hotel room in Athens, and Kentucky was playing Georgia in basketball. We got a hotel room, and next thing you know, we, you know, we found out that Kentucky's playing, so we're like, hey, let's go to the game. So we go to the game, and Booker's playing that night, and like, I was like, well, that guy can't be that good. I mean, you know, he just, all he did is stand there and just make shots, you know, <laughs> but then, oh my God, I mean, it's a good thing I'm not a scout. It. Well, in what way? You're saying you would have drafted him that you would not have drafted Devin Booker after that game? You just I said mean, he was a shooter, he was spot a great up shooter? shooter. I didn't know he had all these. Like the other night, I'm watching the game. He's getting to the rim. I mean, he was shooting layups. I mean, when Devin Booker makes four layups, he's scoring 35 <laughs> points because he's going to make about five threes, too, so, you know? So you're saying Coach Cal didn't put him in a position to succeed? That, that's what. That, uh, that, I'm not. Don't <laughs> you know I love Coach Cal. I know. So we're don't, kidding. Don't go we're down kidding. that road. Of Don't course. go down that road with we, me. You, I'm not going there. I will say this. Coach Cal uh, is amazing. We're enjoying the fact that college football is so close. I know I am personally. Devin Booker in that game. DeAndre Aiden was amazing as well. I was very happy to see that you were at that Suns game. There, there's a lot of guys on that Suns team that I really like. I'm a big fan of TJ Warren. Love his game. Uh, I've always been a fan of Josh Jackson. I think he's going to have a good sophomore year. And then Booker and Aiden, those are two stars. So I'm glad you saw it in person, Lombardi. And the coach is good. I mean, I think the coach is good. I've heard nothing but good things about the coach, so we'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm rooting for him. Yeah, let's see what happens in Phoenix. Let's talk about some things that aren't going so well in Arizona. Uh, I know that you had a great time there, but Steve Wilkes, uh, the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, <laughs> is not having such a great time, not having such a great year uh, in his first year with the Cardinals. He is 1-6 and six now. And after the game last night, uh, they were shellacked 45 uh, to fifteen was the or forty five to ten was the final score actually. Um, and he was asked after the game if they were going to make any changes. What what was the next move for this team? Uh, he said in quotes, "It's premature to talk about changes." They pushed back. They asked uh, again if you know a, a guy like Mike McCoy would be safe the next day. He said he was talking specifically about personnel, not about coaches. And we wake up today, and of course, uh, Mike McCoy is fired midseason yet again. And ironically enough, after playing the Broncos, a team that he was fired from last year. Yeah, you know, and he's been a head coach of the National Football League. Mike McCoy's a really nice guy, but I think it's pretty clear Mike McCoy's not a coordinator, nor is he a head coach. I think he's a wonderful man. Unfortunately, you know, this is a tough situation. Mike McCoy is the classic example, which I wrote about in my book, that Mike McCoy really is, is battleship football. He calls plays 
in order to just see if they work. You know, there's no strategic plan to what he's doing. He's trying to run beaters all the time. You know, they're going to play this coverage, so we'll beat it. And then Denver did a couple things last night that they hadn't done all year, and it completely caught the, the Cardinals off guard. And I feel bad for Mike McCoy. It's the second time he's lost the job. You know, but I think he's really more of a quarterback coach than he is a coordinator, and he gets put in a role, and then unfortunately it doesn't work out. It's a reflection of Steve Wilkes, too, because, look, he spent time hiring this guy. He spent a whole offseason to decide who's going to be his coordinator, and that doesn't look good for him. And Steve Wilkes said after the game last night, he said it was uh, an embarrassing effort uh, and that the fans deserve better than that and that it was unacceptable. You know, all, all the canned statements that you expect to hear from a coach when uh, you, you take a, a brutal beatdown like that. And before the game, Von Miller came out and he said, uh, and, you know, part of my French, uh, he said he was going to kick their ass and their Broncos were going to come back and show uh, that they were a formidable team. They have the talent. They had the right GM. They had the right owner. They had the right system in place. They, they were going to come out and make a statement. And, uh, you know, to, to their credit, to Von Miller's credit, they did make a statement. Josh Rosen's a rookie. Uh, he throws two pick sixes. I think that's the first time it's ever happened. A rookie quarterback has thrown two pick sixes uh, in the first quarter. I mean, in the first quarter. Yes. I mean, it wasn't like one in the first and one in the fourth. I mean, it was early. In I mean, the first it, quarter, yeah. It forced me to go watch the 76er game. You know, so it was, it was pretty easy. I didn't have to hit the flip button as much. I was going to ask you uh, quickly about Markel Fultz, but uh, we'll save that for another podcast. That might have to be a full podcast. That's a full part. Hey, Frazier, that's not a simple answer. <laughs> It's not a simple answer. He was the number one pick. People do forget that. Uh, just let's get back to this Broncos game. So it's forty-five to ten. They blow him out. Josh Rosen actually goes down with an injury. He's going to get uh, an MRI. I think it was for a toe. I believe uh, was what the report that came out. Um, it, but he's in a walking boot at this point. But just looking at that Cardinals team, obviously McCoy is now gone. Wilkes is apologizing to the fans. It, it, what is the next move for this team? I mean, they're obviously up for a potential chance to get the number one pick again and maybe get a talent around Rosen, but it, it just doesn't seem like this year they have a chance to really do anything. And maybe there's a chance with the trade block coming up, they they try to you know take a guy like David Johnson or some guys with value and try to make some trades. You know, I don't see how they trade Johnson. I mean, I think if I'm the Cardinals, I'm keeping all my good players. And I understand that don't have a lot of talent and, and I got to try to do. I think the Cardinals' biggest challenge is being honest with themselves. I think that's their biggest issue. You know, the year that they went to the playoff game and they almost they played and got killed by Carolina there, they haven't really recovered from that. I think they have a perception of who they are as a team, and that's not really reality. And I think they need a dose of, of reality badly. And I think that Steve Kime coming off the offseason that he's had this year, I think they've got to get back into that and try to refocus their energies on things that really, really matter and correctly evaluate their team. Their offensive line hasn't been very good. You know, they let Calais Campbell go. They thought that the rookie could come in and play, and so far he hasn't been able to play anywhere near Calais Campbell's level. So they haven't really made a lot of good decisions. I mean, getting Chandler Jones was a good one, but for the most part, this team has struggled, and I think they got to look at themselves. And if I'm Michael Bidwell, i got to think about, do I have the right coach, do I have the right GM? And can I get this culture turned around? Because they're not going anywhere very soon if they don't do it. And how long is that leash for Steve Wilkes? I mean, first-time head coach, a guy they brought over from the Panthers, a guy that was a defensive coordinator. And now he's sitting at 1-6. and six. Obviously, there's a lot more questions than answers at this point. Uh, is there any chance that they make a drastic change? Or, or, or does he have a longer leash there? Or is it something that's honestly to be, you know, to be determined at this point? I think it's Michael Bidwell's call. I think he's got to take an evaluation of where this direction of the organization is going and the culture that he's got in the building and can it win. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got Seattle, he's got the Rams. I mean, look, let's face it, the road to the Super Bowl for the Arizona Cardinals is not going to be an easy road. 
and it's going to be challenging. And so he's got to take a global look at this organization and see, you know, where it's not where am I going to be next year? It's where am I going to be in three years? And do I have the right people that I can get there in three years? If you don't have the right people in three years that, that can get you there, you got to make a change because it doesn't do you any good. Giving somebody more time doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work out. I mean, you can give me more time to lose weight. I'm still going to be fat. <laughs> you know, it's not matter. You know what I'm saying? Take more time. People misconstrue that. More time doesn't always matter. It's but, making the right decision in a timely fashion that matters. And because people tend to procrastinate, that's how the world works at times. I'm waiting personally, Lombardi, for Larry Fitzgerald just to become a player coach, become the head coach and also a I, wide receiver. I think they should do Larry Fitzgerald a favor, trade him to the Patriots, let him go catch 50 balls in the slot in the next 10 games and enjoy at least going to a playoff game and winning. Hey, there's an idea. Maybe that happens. We could see that. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald deserves it. He's a consummate professional, as they like to say, uh, in this business. He's the ultimate, you know, he's the ultimate guy, and not because he went to Valley Sports Military Academy, <laughs> where I went as well. We're still, we're, we share an alumnus together, but the kid deserves it. I mean, I feel bad for him. I really do. I hope he gets a shot to, to get out of there. Well, quickly, before we move on and do the picks, this is obviously the Friday sit-down, what we do every single week, where Lombardi gets five games out to the world and lets you know who to uh, bet on, who to watch, who to, who to feel good about heading into the weekend. Uh, Von Miller... Two sacks, four quarterback hits, 10 QB pressures. Uh, before going into this game, we talked about uh, John Elway last week possibly going on the lamb uh, after this defense gave up uh, in back-to-back weeks for the first time in NFL history, 200-plus yard rushers. Uh, they come back in this game against the Chargers, uh, against the Cardinals, and they only give up 69 yards. Uh, so kudos to them for, for getting it together. And we should say, I mean, whatever Elway said or whatever happened in that locker room, whatever Vince Joseph may have said to this team, uh, they definitely backed it up against the Cardinals. Can I tell you a secret, Tay Frazier? Nothing happened. <laughs> Nothing happened. The Arizona Cardinals came to town. Like, like yes. that's what. That's like you're telling. You're talking like they're, you know, they're the Harlem Globetrotters and they ain't going to play the Washington Nationals. Like, like that's what happened. A shitty team came to town. That's all. They're still the same team. A team that didn't game plan for Von Miller. Like, oh, Von Miller's over there. We're just going to block him with our right tackle, Andre Smith. Like, please, can we have a game plan? That's what happened. And against a rookie uh, quarterback, I mean, maybe it was just a very smart time for Von Miller to make that statement about his team bouncing back. He knew that. Uh, yeah. He knew I what mean, he had they coming. They won a road game. They should sell. I'm sure there'll be a parade in Denver today because they won a road game. But the reality <laughs> of it is, is they're not any good either. They're going to be right back where they were. If anybody's buying stock in Denver, I got a bridge to sell them. Well, let's bring up that bridge. We'll try to get in. We'll call Denver. We'll get on the phone right now with John Elway. Uh, let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about the games that we had this weekend that we're uh, going to keep an eye on. The first one is the defending champs. Uh, they're playing back home in Philadelphia, and they have traveling up to Philadelphia the Carolina Panthers. This is uh, your Panthers. Yes, yes, little Jimmy's Panthers. Little Jimmy's Panthers. Here they come. And the local talk in in Charlotte uh, has been about Cam Newton not throwing the deep ball. There's been a lot of people they pointed since his shoulder surgery. A lot of people have pointed to uh, the fact that he has not, you know, had success with the deep ball and has not really attempted many deep balls. uh, And it has continued this season. Um, That has been sort of the talk around town. We'll see what happens with that. Funches has had uh, a nice little bounce back, being their number one guy so far. He he had some good moments in that Washington game last week. Uh, There's a chance he'll get matched up with Jalen Mills, a guy on the outside for the Eagles. So uh, there's a chance that some good things could happen for Cam this week. But just looking at this game, Lombardi, what do you expect to see? Well, I think this. I think, look, two areas Carolina can win the game. they got to play much better on third down. they got to be able to, to win third down, and they got to play good in the red zone. You're going to move the ball on the Eagles. You're going to move the ball on first and second down on the Eagles. you got to move it on third down, and you got to play really good in the red zone. I like Carolina here. I really do. Carolina's the, getting points here. I think Carolina's defense played good last week. I thought their defensive front really caused problems for Alex Smith. 
I think Carolina is a good team. I think this is a playoff style of game. And whenever it's a playoff style of game and the point spread gets outside of three points, I think you should go with the underdog here. I think the Eagles could win. I think Carolina could win. I think it's going to be a very close game. I like Cam Newton to bounce back, Tate Frazier. I'm with you, little Jimmy. I think Carolina is a good team. I think he's a good player. I don't think his arm strength is a problem. I think he made a bad decision to not throw the ball to, to Greg Olson on fourth down mm-hmm. last week. Mm-hmm. And I think Olsen comes back. I think Thomas Davis being back really made him much better. And I, I just think, to me, the Eagles beat a bad giant team. Are they back completely? Not yet. I think this is the best team the Eagles will have played so far this year. And there's a chance that, you know, there, sometimes when you do get on that high horse, like we may see with the Broncos next week and you start feeling good about yourself, uh, in the same way that what happened with the Panthers. They win that nice, long, you know, field goal that Gano kicks and they go up to Washington and they get, you know, get, you know, blown out basically early in the game at least. Uh, so there's a chance you could see that with the Eagles coming off that Giants game a little high there. The Panthers, like Cam said in his press conference this week, uh, no one has either lost nor won a Super Bowl uh, in Week 6. So that's one thing to think about when we when we evaluate all these teams. It'll be interesting Write to see down. what happens. Write that down, Tate Frazier. We're going we're gonna to use that quote later. Yes. But I think this, look, if you go back to last year, the, the, the team that gave the Eagles fits was Carolina. They played them tough in Carolina last year. Uh, they controlled it. Cam Newton had the ball 31 minutes, one of the few teams in the NFL last year that dominated time of possession against the Eagles. If they do that again this week, they'll win. I, that's what I think. I think they can do that. I think they're very effective, and his ability to make plays with his feet will force Schwartz not to play as much man as he wants to. Got to keep his eyes on the quarterback. You lose sight of Cam Newton, he's running for 30 yards. And watch out for McCaffrey as well, because this Eagles defense, they have struggled with running backs uh, coming out of the backfield, making catches, and obviously we know McCaffrey is one of those guys that can do that. Um, and it definitely make guys miss tackles. So we'll see what Norv Turner dials up for the uh, for the Panthers, and we'll see what uh, happens with that Eagles defense. See if they can get pressure on Cam and keep the keep the ball out of his hands. Let's get to the next game. Uh, this is Big Jimmy's game of the week. Uh, CBS very excited about this. Jim Nance, I'm sure with the, with this classic rivalry. We talked about a little bit about it on Tuesday, but uh, to see the Cowboys and uh, the Washington Redskins, uh, you know, take on each other once again uh, in this rivalry, especially when the NFC East is uh, so up in the air at this point. Cowboys fans very excited after uh, what they did last week to the Jaguars, of course, uh, and Washington very excited about what they did with the Panthers. And now we're going to see who truly is uh, possibly, maybe, we'll see, the class of the NFC East. Who do you like in this one, Lombardi? Yeah, I like like Dallas. I think Dallas will play well on the road. I think the Redskins are going to have a hard time stopping the running game. I think that's going to be a real issue for them. And, And I'm not sure the Redskins played well enough last week. I think they won the game because Carolina turned the ball over. Washington's offensive line struggled blocking Carolina's front. I think they're going to struggle blocking Dallas's front. I think there could be some real issues with Alex Smith in terms of not making the right decisions. Alex Smith has not played. He's back to being the Alex Smith of old, which was San Francisco and early Kansas City. He's nowhere near Alex Smith, Andy Reid, 2.0 with last year. So I just, and they have no receivers in, in Washington that could really expose you. Jordan Reed's their best playmaker. If Chris Thompson doesn't play, there's another guy down. I think the Cowboys, even though I don't love the Cowboys' skill, I think the Redskins' secondary is viable. You can attack after them. And I think the Redskins can run. I think the Cowboys can run the ball on the Redskins in this game. And I think Dak will play well against them. So I like, I like the Cowboys and the Clapper to go two in a row. Maybe he'll get his contract extension then. I'm already, Wouldn't that be something? I'm already clapping. I'm standing up, standing ovation at this point. The lights are going on and If off. he gets a contract extension, it'll be the, I mean, it'll <laughs> just tell you everything you need to know about the NFL. Uh, well, what do you mean? That if you go to Princeton, you can be a coach forever? 
that's all you need to do. I'm, 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 I'm back in Jersey now. I'm trying to enroll in Princeton as a senior citizen candidate. Good luck to all those kids that uh, worked so hard, uh, <laughs> took those SATs just to be uh, a future head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Very exciting stuff. Um, we'll keep an eye on that game. That game will be interesting to watch, of course. I think, uh, is there a chance on part of that Dallas uh, defensive line that you mentioned uh, they could do, they could replicate what we saw last year with that Eagles D-line and, and just basically be able to win games with a pass rush and, and let Dak you know, not lose games, not turn the ball over? I do think so. I think Malik Collins back really helps them because of another guy inside. David Irving hasn't played. David Irving's a, really a blue-chip player in the NFL. He can pressure inside, and then those outside guys are playing well. Look, this defensive line is good in Dallas. Uh, I mean, they got to create ways to move the football because they don't have great skill, but I think Dallas's defense is good, and I think Dallas's defense can stop. I mean, look, at Hopkins had to make an unbelievable play to beat them or else they could win some games. Their defense is good, and this kicker, as much as I bitched about cutting Dan Bailey, the kicker's really good, and he makes kicks, so that's important, too. I think it'll be a close game. I just like Dallas. It is wild how quickly, uh, you know, just the tone and the talk around this Dallas Cowboys team has changed changed after just one game against the, the Jaguars. Once they did that and kind of set the tone, people have really uh, changed course on what they expect from them. So good to see for the Clapper. We're very happy here on this program for him. The next game, probably the the game of the week as far as uh, interest uh, in the NFL. The Bengals are going to take on the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, we're going to get to see, uh, obviously, uh, I mean... Pat Mahomes at this point has become almost too, it's almost become parody how much he is beloved by all the people that have watched him play. But we're going to see him go up against this uh, this Bengals defense. Obviously, we know about Geno and some of those guys uh, that can get some pressure on him. So so this will be an interesting game to see uh, where these two teams stand in the AFC. Who do you expect to see to come out of this one, Lombardi? I, I love Kansas City here. I think Kansas City understands you know what happened in, in, in New England. They had a chance to win that game. But for me, I, I think this Cincinnati defense is you can move the football on them. I think their secondary is, is exploitable. I also believe that Kansas City third down defense can really make some plays. They didn't last week against Tom Brady, but I believe they can make some plays in this game. And I think that'll be the difference. I think Kansas City will get them to turn the ball over and they'll start ramping the score up and they'll build the lead from in front. I love KC here. I think KC is the better team. I like, I still like Cincinnati, but I think Cincinnati on the road has a chance to make too many mistakes, Dalton will throw maybe an interception. I think it gives them a chance to turn the game around. And I like Kansas City to be able to win the game on third down. And Cincinnati's not a good third down defense, which is horrible when you're getting ready to play Kansas City. You get beat that way. I think it favors Kansas City tremendously. Is there a chance that they can play the possession game? We've talked about it plenty of times on this podcast, the 26 to 33 minutes, trying to find that, that sweet spot to keep Pat Mahomes off the field. But look, last week he had the ball 10 minutes, a little more than 10 minutes. He scored 31 points. The problem when you play the Chiefs is nobody wants to talk about it. Their special teams are really good. You can't, you can never kick the ball to them. You shouldn't punt it to them, and you should definitely not kick it to them. You're better off giving them the ball at 25 than trying to do it. New England learned the hard way, and mm-hmm. I think their special teams are so good. You got to be careful with that. If you underestimate that, and I'm sure Cincinnati won't pay that attention to the detail, I think it could really cost you. Yeah, well, that's something to keep an eye on in that game for sure. We'll see what uh, what goes on with Andy Dalton. I I, I kind of like this Bengals uh, defense, and I think they have a real chance to to make some noise there with the Chiefs, and we'll, we'll see what happens with that pass rush. Next game we have on the docket this week, we have the Los Angeles Rams traveling up to take on the San Francisco 49ers. These are the two coaches that uh, 
These are like the wonderkins of the NFL. Everyone loves Sean McVay. Uh, Everyone loves Kyle Shanahan for what he did with Matt Ryan, uh, even though things haven't really panned out so great this season with Jimmy G going down and all that sort of stuff. And this defense for the 49ers, we talked about it ad nauseum on this program, but they continue to struggle. Uh, It is quite the contrary for the offense for the Rams. They continue to dominate. So in this one, I'm expecting you're going to say the Rams are a team to watch out for, but is there a chance the, the 49ers can get an upset? Uh, you know, I think, look, I think the Rams win the game, but I just think the 49ers can run the ball in this game. I think the 49ers can attack. I'm not sold on the on the defense uh, of the of the Rams. I think their defensive line hasn't played the level that it looks like on paper. So for me, I think the 49ers can run the ball in this game. I don't like their defense. Last year, it was a high-scoring affair. Uh, the Rams won. It was a close game up there. Now, the 49ers beat them in Los Angeles when the game didn't matter. But I think you could run the football on the Rams. I think it's been proven you could run it on first down. I think Kyle will run the ball. I hope C.J. Beathard doesn't make too many mistakes. But look, I think the 49ers' backs are to the wall. I think they've got to show that they're not that far apart. And they've got to make some plays. And I think that they're coming off a short week, coming back home against losing a heartbreaker to Green Bay. I think they'll keep the game close. I don't think they're as close talent-wise. But look, it's hard to play three road games in a, in a row and be as dominant as you could possibly be. So I, I think that I think the Rams will win, but I, I have a feeling the, the double-digit deficit in the points, I like the 49ers. And a little regional. Call me crazy, Tate Frazier. You know, I'm an idiot. I'm not going to call you crazy. I think it's a little regional rivalry. Sometimes that stuff happens. I don't know why, but it just tends to happen. Even if, even if you are the better team, We've seen people not show up. I mean, let's point to the Vikings and the Bills earlier this season. You know, things like that happen at times in the NFL. Let's get to the final game of the week that you have. Uh, That is the Houston Texans taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Head coach for the Jaguars, Doug Marone, noted this week. He said uh, they are 3-3, and but it's not a good 3-3. and Uh, The good news, if you are a Jaguars fan, uh, if you do win this game, you would at least share uh, first place in the AFC South, and that would seem like things are uh, are churning in the right direction. But as we've seen with the Texans, they're trying to, you know, find their footing a little bit, and it's Seems like Deshaun Watson is kind of getting back in a little bit of a groove. So, Lombardi, what do you expect to see in this game? Well, I, I think this. Look, I think everybody who says Jacksonville's this dominating team and be included, they're 13-9 and over the last 22 games. So, dominating teams aren't 13-9 and over the last 22 games. Mm-hmm. Dominating teams don't, don't, don't rank at the bottom. I think they're 31st in turnovers. They make way too many mistakes. They're having that walk down uh, the lane that tells everybody, hey, we're good, don't worry about us. They're not. I mean, they're making some mistakes. Blake Portals. Everyone, their defense, but I think they got embarrassed the last two weeks, giving up 70 points. I think that the, the team they're playing is similar to them in the sense that they make too many mistakes as well. They have too many false starts, too many first and 15s, too much loose with the football. And, and I just think to me in this rivalry, I think Jacksonville will play its best game of the year, and I like Jacksonville to win the game. Even though, I, you know, my, my rule of thumb, and it's always going to stay this way, is bad lines don't travel, and the Texans have a bad line. Mm-hmm. And I think Deshaun Watson's got hit too much, even though he's played home the last three weeks. He's gotten hit way too much. Now he's back on the road. I think it's going to be a challenge for them to block this front of Jacksonville. I'm going to go with my man Blake Bortles because, you know, I'm a huge Blake Bortles fan. So I'm going to think he's going to pull this out and play well for him. I saw your Blake Bortles jersey the other day when I was walking around uh, the studio here. And there'll never be a Blake Bortles jersey. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's just no chance. It was but yours. Look, it hey, was yours. I promise. You know, I, I I I just think this. I think Jacksonville has got to have the come to Jesus meeting with themselves and realize that you know we just can't show up and win games. We got to play good. And I think they'll start this week. And I think that what Doug Marone said, it's not a good three and three. He's right. It's not a good three and three. Way too many turnovers. Way too many mistakes. And they're letting average teams beat them. When you lose at home to Tennessee, how could you be a good team? 
I think they call that a come to Bortles meeting in some circles, but yes. It, come to Bortles meeting. Come yeah. to Bortles so meeting. Basic, yeah, I, and I almost should apologize for calling the great equalizer because the way they're playing, he's really not equalizing anything. <laughs> they're just playing bad everywhere. All across the board, and you, we saw this week a lot of the defense coming out and making comments about you know people not doing their jobs, and then you know Jalen Ramsey had the I don't know stuff, and then he said after the fact if Bill Belichick said it, everyone would think it was cool, and that's corny. So just a lot of stuff coming out of that locker room, but I I agree. I think the Jaguars will bounce back. Um, so those are the five games of the week, Lombardi. Uh, we got them all mapped out. One more game I do want to point out. Just this is just for GM Street fans in general. We got Tom Brady versus Mitchell Trubisky. In Chicago. Oh, you can't wait to see it's your guys. It's a shootout. This is a shootout. This it's is two, a shootout. two gunslingers, two smart guys that love the game, just trying to play the position to the best of their ability. I can't wait. Well, I think this. I think that Kansas City gave Belichick a precursor to the Chicago offense. Yes. And I don't think Belichick's going to look at Trubisky and like, oh my God, that's my home. <laughs> so I think he's going to do a lot of things late in the snap count to move people around. I think you'll see some free blitzers coming out Trubisky. I think he's going to put the game in Trubisky's hands and say, Mitchell, beat me. You beat me. I'm going to take away Tariq Cohen. Tariq, Tariq Cohen. Tariq Cohen, yeah. I'm going to take Cohen away. I'm going to make sure Howard can't run the football. I'm going to put my best corner on Allen Robinson. Let me see what you guys got going. I think yeah. that's how the game goes. And we've seen more touches for Cohen. Uh, it seems like Nagy's really uh, relying on him and Trubisky and him have a nice little rapport. So that's something to watch out. So if they take Cohen out of the game, then uh, Mitchell's going to have some problems, I'm sure. You know, I, I think this day, Frazier, I think New England's had a lot of practice the last month against these teams that use long handoffs as part of their offense. The mm-hmm. Chiefs, the Bears, the Miami Dolphins, they're long handoffs. They're, they're like short passes, bubble screens, whatever they are, and they go for huge plays. And I think that Belichick haven't prepared for that the last few weeks will have a good idea. And I think what's going to hurt Kansas, what's going to hurt Chicago is they're going to take the approach where they're going to do what they did against Kansas City against us. And I think they're going to get a completely different game plan, maybe similar in the style, but in the substance, it's going to be much different. And one more thing to point out before we get out of here and, and let the fantasy guys come in. Uh, the Los Angeles Chargers are taking on the Tennessee Titans in London. That's at 930 uh, for those of that are on the East Coast. Um, and it's going to be uh, one of these games, right, where Phil Rivers could be 5-2 and two at the end of the week. And we're talking about Phil Rivers' MVP chances. That's exciting. I think Philip Rivers is having the most incredible season that nobody's talking about. His numbers are tr- dramatically up in every single category. It's remarkable how good of a season he's having. He's been remarkable, and I hope it continues. And I hope he doesn't stub his toe. I always hold my breath when they play. Like, I would have liked to pick them, but I have no confidence that they'll find a kicker. I have no confidence that they'll be able to handle it. So it worries me. But I think for sure that they that Phillip Rivers is having an unbelievable season, and he should throw the ball effectively against the Titans, who don't cover very well. And I think the Titans struggle so much on offense that I think it's going to be a challenge. And the Titans haven't scored a touchdown in two weeks. Uh, so, you know, that's what they're dealing with. Phillip Rivers has been able to put up points. He and Melvin Gordon have a nice rapport. I know in Los Angeles, the, it's hard not to talk about Todd Gurley. It's hard not to talk about Jared Goff. But to see what Rivers is doing, and Gordon as well, obviously, uh, you got to think, Phillip Rivers, he may have won the Eli Manning trade at this point. Just for longevity's no sake. No doubt. I, I mean, the fact that he hasn't won a title is the only thing. But if you go back and redraft it, Rivers is the better player. There's no doubt. And just to think, that guy was a tight end at NC State, and now he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And well, NC State's got the big game against Clemson this week, Tate Frazier. We'll see what happens. Big game. This is uh, this is Clemson's nightmare. They hate playing this NC State team. But but the good news when NC State is you know when people like them, they tend not to be uh, the team that you expect. Yeah. And when they come out of nowhere, it's it's when they they pull the big upset. So 
Unfortunately for the Wolfpack, I, I feel like that is sort of what, what we're leaning towards here, but I'm pulling for him. Hope so. They got a great quarterback again at NC State, a guy that no one's talking about. Finley, yep. a good player. Really good player. Guy that's going to be in the pros. So they're doing it again. Uh, congratulations to all the NC State fans. I never thought that this would happen on this podcast. I'm sure that they're very excited about this. We are very excited about Week 7 and all things that are that are going to play out this week. Uh, we come back next Tuesday. We're going to talk about uh, the trade deadline coming up and obviously the, the biggest storylines from this weekend. Uh, Lombardi, anything else before we get out of here? No, I'm just excited for the weekend tape, Frazier, and hopefully you enjoy the games. I'm going to enjoy them tremendously. And uh sit back and watch him and see what we got going. So yeah. have a great weekend. Enjoy your L.A. You staying home this weekend? You going on the road again? No, I'm staying in L.A. I, I am staying in L.A. finally. Good to be back. Good Thank to be God. home. Yeah, all not right. really home, but, you know, well, close enough. <laughs> well, that's all that matters. Take Frazier. Enjoy it. I'll enjoy Jersey. I'll have a sub for you for the White House because I made a bet last week at one, so I'm going to the White House to cash it in. So enjoy it. Go cash it in. Enjoy that sub. And uh, we will be back on Tuesday. Coming up, we got the fantasy football guys. But first... We are going to hear from our friends at MyBookie. You've heard me talk about this for weeks, yet some of you are still watching football from the sidelines. Whether you're an expert or a rookie, you should be betting at MyBookie. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, I think most people like that, MyBookie gives you the chance to create a big parlay. Shout out to the Parlay Kid. You can pick three teams to win, and if you hit all three, you'll turn 100 into 600 just like that. And there's so much to bet on now. we got playoff baseball, got the World Series coming up, got hockey, got primetime fights, got the NFL, got college basketball coming up. So many good things uh, ahead in the MyBookie universe. MyBookie has been in business for years. They've got great online reviews, and their mobile site is easy to use. If you're on the sidelines, now is the time to get in the game. MyBookie will still match your first deposit dollar for dollar, but you've got to join now because they'll be pulling that offer soon. Log on to MyBookie right now and double your money. Use promo code RINGERNFL and they'll match your first deposit 100%. That's promo code RINGER NFL. You play, you win, you get paid. And we're not done yet. We're also brought to you by the Yahoo Sports app. Did you get the Yahoo Sports mobile app yet? Are you ready for live football on your phone? With the Yahoo Sports mobile app, you get live, local, and primetime NFL games all season long. Never miss your local game. Never miss a big national matchup. All you need is the Yahoo Sports app. Seriously, go get the app. It's your ticket to watching live NFL games wherever you want. It's all football and all yours. Watch live NFL games on the Yahoo Sports mobile app. And now, the Danacy Football Podcast. Hey everyone, my name is Danny Heifetz. I'm joined by my co-host and co-Danny, Danny Kelly. What's up? We're going to dish out some last-second fantasy advice heading into the weekend. Uh, we don't know your leagues or your teams quite as well as you guys do, but we definitely have thoughts on the players you might be debating on whether or not to throw them in your lineup. So, DK, do you want to do a lightning round real quick on whether we are in or out on some guys this week? I do. Let's do this. All right. First ones this week, the Chargers... Second receivers, which go back right. and forth every week between the Williamses. Uh, Mike and Tyrell Williams. Mike Williams was really great at the beginning. Tyrell Williams has been fantastic, obviously, at two touchdowns this week. Uh, I'm out on both. They're really yeah. great. We've seen a lot of wide receiver twos get volume behind like wide receiver ones this year, like Juju behind Antonio Brown and Tyler Boyd behind AJ Green and Ridley and Sanu behind Julio. We have no rhyme or reason of ever when to expect Mike or Tyrell to go off. And I Wide receivers don't grow on trees, but they're too plentiful to just kind of just guess. So I, I can't really recommend putting either in your lineup this week. So I'm out. Yeah, I mean, both of these guys have been touchdown dependent, right? Each week. You know, they're not like catching tons of volume or whatever. It's like three catches and two touchdowns. or You know, so I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm out on both of those guys this week until there's some sort of split that sort of becomes more 
more apparent going forward. My first guy, Kiki Kuti of the Texans, his production has dropped significantly since his first appearance in week four. And in week four, he had 15 targets, 11 catches, 109 yards. Uh, week five, he had six catches, 51 yards, and a touchdown. And then last week, just three catches, 33 yards, for um, and no touchdowns. So it was like, it looks like he's going in the wrong direction for sure. But his market share in terms of the targets on the team has definitely kind of been level, 36 in in the first appearance, 16, and then 20 last week. Um, I think this week he could be a sneaky start just because on the outside they got A.J. Bouye and Jalen Ramsey. They're playing the Jags, by the way. Yeah. You know, and those guys are going to probably stick with DeAndre Hopkins and, and and you know on the outside. And so I think in the inside, Kuti could make an impact. Obviously, last week against the Jags, Cole Beasley went off at 101 yards, two touchdowns, and most of that came from the slot. And right now, the Jags are playing their backup slot corner, Tyler Patman. Um, he's in for DJ Hayden. So all that said, I think that Kuti could have some sneaky value this week, um, and I'm I'm in on him this week. I feel that. I mean, Mays and Kevin Clark discussed earlier this week on the pod how even when A.J. Bouye moves inside of the slot, it's not really his cup of tea. So I see that being effective no matter what. Yeah. Um, looking at the Tennessee Titans, Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis. Derrick Henry's been trashed this year. I don't even know if it's like worth really discussing this at length. He's basically averaged three yards a carry every week he's played, not just on the season. Uh I can't imagine playing Derrick Henry. Uh, I don't really need no. to elaborate there. Deion Lewis is a little more interesting because he's also been bad recently, but at least he's getting a, he's a more interesting player with a more interesting workload. I can see playing him this week, but at the same time, if you kind of in your gut feel you have a better option, you probably do. Um, definitely would probably bench those two in a vacuum unless you're really desperate to play Deion. Yeah, I mean, I'm out. I'm out on the Titans until they show us that they have an actually functioning offense. The Chargers' defense is good too, so um, I mean, they're not. They're not elite. They don't have Bosa right now, but that Chargers defense is still solid. They shut down the Browns for the most part last week. Um, I'm I'm out on both of those guys. I think it's going to be a bad script for them too. Okay, DK, who's your next guy? Buck Allen, the Ravens, going up against the Saints. Obviously, he's in a timeshare with Alex Collins, has been all year. Um, his production's gone down the last few weeks because he hasn't been scoring touchdowns. He's another guy. He's just touchdown-dependent like fantasy factor. If you're desperate, if you need a flex— Go ahead and put him in there. He's out. He's actually out snapped Alex Collins 222 to 201 this season. But the Saints are a very good run defense this year. They've they've been one of the best run defenses in the NFL, and they're giving up the fourth fewest fantasy points per game to running back. So I'm out on Allen this week. Um, I just don't like to roll with a touchdown dependent guy like him. Desperate and in need of a flex describes my teams to a T this week. So <laughs> yeah. I have Buck Allen rolling, and I'm not proud of it. Uh, Who's your next guy? <laughs> Lamar Miller. Uh, the Texans are going against the Jaguars this week. Lamar Miller has, uh, what did you describe him a few hours ago? Oh, I saw a tweet. I can't remember where I saw it, but it was like a hilarious tweet. Someone said, Alexa, show me 10 fantasy football points. And it was just a picture of Lamar Miller. He's just like that, that he's in that range every single week. If you'd be happy with 10, play him. And if you wouldn't be, don't. There's my super official advice. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Who do you got next? Uh, Marquise Goodwin, 49ers. I am extremely pissed at myself. I dropped Goodwin after he had like injuries and, and a lack of production early on in the season. Then he went off last week. Um, they got the 49ers get the Rams this week. I I like Goodwin. I think he's more than just a speedy deep threat. He he's a really good receiver. And CJ Beathard's actually been able to make that offense move a little bit. So I'm in on Goodwin going forward. 
Nah, more like Marquise Badwin. Oh, because you shouldn't punch. play him. <laughs> okay, uh, let's move on. Stargazing. These are the star players who are keeping you up at night. Drew Brees, the number three passer by fantasy points per game, the all-time passing leader, the underappreciated third banana of this generation of great quarterbacks. Uh, <laughs> fantasy super duper star. Obviously, you always play Drew Brees, right? But or do, do you? you? Yeah. Uh, looking back on it, it's interesting. He shredded Tampa Bay in week one, which turns out awful defense. He shredded Atlanta, who turns out has an awful defense. He was like, okay against the Browns. They were more, more run heavy against the Giants. And now they're going against the Ravens, who have the fewest points allowed in the league, fewest yards allowed in the league, and they're second in opposing passing yards and second in opposing passing touchdowns. They're also first in sacks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And would you be shocked if Breeze just had a dub this week? I wouldn't be shocked. I think this is going to be a huge test for the Ravens defense because they really haven't faced... The only really strong defenses they've faced right now so far are the Bengals and the Steelers, and both of those guys are division teams, and so you just never really know what to take from division teams. I'm just like wondering what the Raven, if, if the Ravens defense is as great as it's looked. Um, I wouldn't be that surprised if Breeze still did really well. I, I'm personally, if I have Breeze and I'm kind of relying on him, I'm starting him, but I can definitely understand if people want to stream someone else because, especially in a in a one QB league, if there's good streaming options, it, it just might be safer to do that. But I tweaked that a yeah. I tweaked that a bit and say there's a serious chance you have a super like high like great second option in your team just because of the way quarterbacks went this year. Um, but full time Craig is has a, I can tell you something to say here. I was just going to ask, would you start Baltimore's D against the Saints? Oh wow, that's even a better mm, question, isn't it? I wouldn't. No. Saints defense, Saints offense has been really freaking good. So they're not one of those defenses that are just set them in, set them in, close your eyes. I don't know if we know uh, that no, I don't yet. So. I don't know if we know that yet because obviously there's been questions about defense this season. I don't know if we know if there is a set them and forget them defense this year. I was going to say the Bears were supposed to be, but then they freaking lost to the, they gave up like 500 yards to the Dolphins. And Brock they're playing Osweiler. the Patriots this week. And I wouldn't The Bears them. and the Ravens, I wouldn't drop to get another defense. I drop most right. defenses. That's the good, yeah, I that's certainly would not play. drop the Ravens no matter what. I think that's kind of obvious. Uh, all right, moving on. Streamer starting lineup. If we had to make a starting lineup of guys that you can stream that are under 50% owned even after waivers went through on Wednesday, uh, who would you play? Jeez, I threw out Baker Mayfield, who is yeah. playing the Bucks and is wonderful and is the number one overall pick. And the Bucks are one of the four teams with single-digit sacks. And Baker has the second most pass. Or sorry, the Bucks have allowed the second most passing yards, and have basically allowed the worst in yards per attempt, no matter how you measure it. And they have rookies in their secondary and are terrible. And DK, you have yeah. the audacity to recommend CJ Beathard over Baker Mayfield. If you have the option, Mayfield gets gets the nod. I said CJ Beathard is another one of those guys, and especially in like a two QB league, if you need someone to stream, um, he's actually been better than I than I think people think. Nineteen points. Were you just about points, to say better than I thought, points. and then change that to? Better than people thought. <laughs> well, he's been better. He's been way better than I thought he'd be for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, he's he's kind of just—it's really cliche, but he's just tough, and he, and he just is not Don't afraid give to throw me the ball that. down the field. You know? So did I you like just it. drop CJ Beathard as tough? The Rams' defense has been kind of bad too, and yes, I did. <laughs> Garoppolo is going to be great on the Bills. CJ Beathard is tough. Wait, Craig, what? Oh. When you're league, how many points do you get uh, per tough drop back? <laughs> Plus two. Okay, that's that's you know that actually sounds good. like a ringer setting for the scoring. So when I learned that there was 0.75 PPR in the ringer league last year, I almost I debated <laughs> submitting a resignation. I um, actually did quit. That's when I quit. 
Jim. <laughs> I swear to he's God. He's not kidding. What are you, okay? are you actually quit the league? Yeah. Jim was in for a minute and then he's like, yeah, I'm not fact? doing this. Yeah. I when I saw point seven five, I was like, I'm out. That's the Jason coolest Concepcion. thing I've ever heard. That's impressive. Concepcion can have my team and I gave it to him. I was oh, like, wow. I quit. That's impressive because I think it's clear you're the only one to check the scoring. Because <laughs> Riley put it in Slack or something. Somebody put it in and I was like, fuck that. What is more like King Solomon splitting the baby than being unable to decide between full PPR and half PPR and be like, screw it. Let's do 0.75. Make everybody happy. <laughs> like that. Yeah. That, Jesus. Anyway, what is wrong? Institutional failure at its finest. Moving on. Running backs. <laughs> um, yeah. So Marlon Mack, the Colts, obviously um, the Naheem Hines hype train has ended because Marlon Mack was sort of their feature guy last week. Um, I still don't really trust anyone in that backfield, but if you do need someone to stream, he was getting most of the workload. Um, 12 carries, 89 yards on only 24 snaps. And so, yeah, I think he's he's the kind of guy, he's the lead guy in that in that offense. playing the Bills. Um, 43% owned in Yahoo, 44, 44% in ESPN. Bills are giving up 14th most fantasy points to running back so far, so he is an option for you. Yeah, I'm not, I don't love Marlon Mack. I'm just sticking with my Browns love. I love Duke yeah. Johnson. I love Duke Johnson this week. Obviously, he's been a little bit underwhelming. Um, so was Tariq Cohen before he just had a couple like fantastic weeks. I think Duke Johnson actually is a similar-ish player who can be used in similar ways and is also going to have a similar resurgence. Uh, I have ranted about this in the past, but basically the Browns are going to start playing. They have an amazing schedule coming up. Grab Duke Johnson. I think he's going to start playing way better. Same with Antonio Callaway. Um, not the same track record, but he's getting getting a ton of opportunity Uh He's a real, obviously, like a boomer bust guy at receiver this week, but I think last week he was like the 14th person in NFL history to get 10 targets in a game, but fewer than 10 receiving yards uh, from Ryan McDowell tweeted that. And <laughs> that's great. We've talked about this, but basically they're not going to take away the opportunity yet. All their other receivers are hurt. They're going to shred yeah. these teams in the air. Someone has to catch the balls. If he keeps dropping balls, it's a different question. But I love the roll of the dice this week for like a 20-point week. So I'm down with it. Yeah, I've been on Callaway. I have him on like three of my teams. And I just like... The volume is there. Like, it's going to catch up at some point. Well, we'll see. But I, I with you. I think, he, you know, just like you said, 10 targets. I mean, he's getting regularly getting lots and lots of targets, lots of action in that offense. So I like it. Um, my guy, Taylor Gabriel versus the Patriots. That's going to be a really fun game, first of all. Um, he's kind of emerged as the, the number two in that offense in, in terms of the passing offense. Five catches for 110 yards last week. He's actually caught his last... Well, he's got 12 targets for like 200-something yards and two touchdowns in the last two games. And so, very efficient. Trubisky's starting to trust him a little bit. So, I like him as a streamer. He's only actually owned in 47% of Yahoo Leagues, 50% ESPN. He's actually more than a streamer. He might be a guy worth adding to your roster long term. And then who do you like at tight end this week? Going back to my guy, CJ Uzoma. Um, we talked about Do we know him. it's Uzoma? I don't know him personally, no. Um, <laughs> I did not go to middle school with him. <laughs> oh, only one of I did time. not pitch against him in middle school. No, he's had eight catches, 97 yards, and two games without Eifert. And I think Croft is still banged up. Chiefs have given him third most fantasy points per game to tight ends. And he's, again, he's a low ceiling guy. And I think, you know, I've had him, in, I have him in one league. He's got like six or seven, eight points in each game. So it's like not like he, he's going to. Um, you win you your week, but at the same time, he's not getting you a goose egg, which is like a lot of tight ends right now. And so he's a, he's an interesting option for the tight end streamer. Perfect. And word on the street is full-time Craig is guaranteeing locking that he will score more than his middle school nemesis, Austin Hooper. So that is <laughs> great news. Thank you for that endorsement. 
Oh, by the way, are we going to talk about the fact that I beat you last week in the uh, three-person team, three-person league? I don't even know what you're talking about. Oh, the our, our three-person league? league? A quick update that Jim is 100% going to edit out, unless he leaves this in. <laughs> he might. I think we're all three of us are on track to make the three playoff spots, which is good news. <laughs> um, so, you know, thank God there. Who has the most points? Jim, Me. I think, right? Jim, the Danny <laughs> Killers. Far, over the like Danny right Killers. Over 180 points. I think that's all the time we got, TK. Yeah. All right. I'll see you next week, man. Sounds good. Absolute worst of luck to your team. <laughs> Likewise. <laughs>